Welcome to the First Right Podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration of America. I'm your host, Jerry Ewalt, Chief Marketing Officer for Restoration of America. Today, we are blessed to highlight a great new book, The Parallel Election, about massive election fraud in suburban Philadelphia in November of 2020. We have both co-authors, Gregory Stenstrom and Leah Hoops. The book is making waves out there and the left is trying to ban it, so it must be over the target. All right, well, Greg and Leah, you know, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having us. So after reading your book, uh, I'd have to say there's, there's two words that stick out in my mind that would describe both of you uh, in the best way, and that's moral courage. And I know moral courage doesn't happen overnight, so I think I would love to know a little bit more about your background leading up to this and how you got so much moral courage to do what you'd done. As a Delaware County person, we, we have thick skin. You're kind of born into it. Um, that's how I was raised. I was raised in a conservative family of hardworking people. Um, and also, I was told that when you get into a fight, you might stand alone. Um, and that when you have the truth, you really don't need anything else or you don't need anybody to, uh, to actually approve of what you're doing. Um, so I've been a fighter since the beginning. I used to fight in school you know, with, with teachers that I knew that were doing the wrong thing. Um, I did physical therapy for 10 years. I used to fight against uh, nurses and doctors and administrators that were abusing my patients. Um, and then I got involved in, in politics because I saw that my county uh, was turning to uh, absolute trash. And, uh, and, and I, I felt that it needed to be saved. And that's why, that's why I got involved and, and we've been fighting ever since. I know your, your, uh, your son was important uh, throughout this whole thing, thinking about your son and what future does he have if we don't fix this, right? Absolutely, I was a single mom for eight and a half years and uh, I fought for my kid uh, for a long time and yeah. continue, I, I've gone to many school board meetings. Um, he's, he's the one that you know, needs, needs a future. Um, and he's the one, he's the reason why I, I have, uh, <laughs> I'm in this fight to begin with. That's right. Um, so. That's, that's, that's amazing. And, and Greg, how about you? I'm a former military officer, a naval officer. I was a executive officer and commanding officer of Navy Special Operations and Special Warfare Units. And um, I've been involved in security and fraud in the government for two decades on multiple investigations on official I've encrypted and secured many of the financial institutions in our military infrastructure as well. So I think um, I've been used to strong personalities, taking charge, authority, uh, being challenged. Uh, so I, I think for me, it was more second nature in the ability to handle that. Yeah, and I know that background uh, really came in handy from some of the stuff that you encountered on election day. And so I'll, I'll jump right into that because I, I know I want to know more about your stories and what you experienced in 2020 during the election. So, so Greg, why don't you start and then we'll go over to you, Leah. What happened on election day? Election day, I, one thing we were certified poll watchers. So a little bit of work before the election went out and we became certified watchers by working with the candidates in the GOP. So when we arrived at the um, voting center, and I'm, I, I did some work in Chester City for a little while, and I'm gonna skip to the election um, counting center at the Wharf Building in Delaware, on the Delaware River in Chester. So when we arrived there, they had a special list, they wouldn't let us in, and it took us five hours just to fight our way in, and we had to get an attorney to get in, 
and um, get on a special list. We relate that in the book, but just getting in, they didn't want certified poll watchers. They didn't want people that knew what they were looking at in the building. So in a nutshell, what we saw that evening is I saw what I was 120,000 mail-in ballots, fake mail-in ballots run through the machines on election evening. And um, it took us two days, but we found 70, 50 to 70,000. My count was 70,000. Other people's was 50. So we say 50 to 70. There was 50 to 70,000 unopened mail-in ballots in the back rooms that, again, we had to get a court order and fight, fight our way into two days later. Uh, they only ever counted 120,000 mail-in ballots. And there were multiple witnesses to the, the, the 70,000 ballots that were in the back room. And even in their own admissions, the lawyers for the defendants finally admitted first they said we were lying and then they inadvertently or idiotically quite frankly took pictures that included the unopened ballots because they were trying to show that um they had kept us in the right pens and everything and i said well hey you say they want an unopened ballots and what's what's this picture what's this bin what's this bin there's 10 bins here filled with 500 ballots a piece and that's just in one picture in one frame mm-hmm. and they said well we made a mistake uh you shouldn't have been allowed to see that because the judge made a mistake by letting you back there. So we're like, so we saw the unopened ballots You admit they're back there, but now you're saying we shouldn't have been allowed to see them. And this is the web of lies that they've continued with. I'm going to skip forward to the V drives or I'll let Leah handle the V drives because she's the one that first saw Jim Savage doing that. But from my experience in that, uh, that was 120,000 fake mail-in ballots that they ran through the system and, and we can, uh, we can prove it. Yeah, and I think that's really important, Greg. So you're focusing right now on the ballots, and there's Just there's the many ballot. issues. There's many issues here, but but we're focusing right now on the ballots. And what's really important is that you saw it firsthand. So when people say, "Well, there's no proof, there's no evidence," I'm not sure that's true. And I know there's all these legal loopholes that you've kind of experienced through the book. But what's important is you document the evidence. You saw it yourself, and you know that it exists, and you have that proof. I just want to say there's four critical pieces of evidence. First of all, there's affidavits from multiple witnesses. You know, I saw them, Leah saw them, Joe Driscoll saw them. We had Democrat poll watchers see them. So we have affidavits of people that actually cited them. So that's evidence number one. Evidence number two is the fact that their own lawyers admitted they were back there in their own filings and that they had inadvertently included pictures of thousands of unopened ballots uh, in their own filings. That's number two. Number three is we know they destroyed all those, uh, the outer envelopes, the 120,000 ballots they ran through, and they destroyed all the images. So in civil law, which is where we're suing them, the destruction of evidence that would exonerate you is evidence. And number four, they were required to keep all that evidence or keep all the election material for 22 months by federal law. And as long as there's a lawsuit in progress, which there is, and they violated that law. So we have them on four very, very hard points, any one of which, okay, would, would indicate that they, they cheated and they put 120,000 mail-in ballots through. Fake. It's, um, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's hard to process it, but I know, you know, again, you've detailed throughout the book and you have a lot of, the appendix is almost as big as the book in terms of all the evidence that you guys have collected. But I'll, I'll jump over to you now, Leah. Leah, tell us about your story on Election Day in 2020. Uh, sure. So just leading up to Election Day, we had done eight months worth, worth of investigation 
uh, into the district attorney, into the voting machine warehouse supervisor, and into the council and election board. So we had already had the, the, uh, the ammo to go in there and expect that they were going to defeat. So I was a poll watcher for my precinct in Bethel Township. And from the very beginning of the morning, seven o'clock starting, the scanners were not scanning ballots. They would spit them back out and it was causing a huge problem. Mm-hmm. And what I found out was that this was happening all over the county because there was Facebook posts and I was talking to people from all over the county in, uh, that morning. So when we called the voting machine warehouse and we called the county to tell them to rectify the situation, it took them hours to get there, first of all. So what was happening was inside of our one precinct and another precinct, they were just telling people to either spoil that ballot and that they would have to do uh, a provisional or they would spoil the ballot and they would use the touch writer, which is the ADA compliant um, touch writer, which, you know, you pick with your, you know, your hand and then it spits out a ballot and then you scan it. So when the voting machine warehouse supervisor came, which is Jim Savage, when he came into the precinct with uh, four other people from the county, he didn't do any kind of troubleshooting. He didn't rectify the situation. He made the excuse that the ballot barcodes were deformed. So his solution was that we're going to keep these scanners, not do anything, and that we're just going to bring a new batch of ballots, which all requires a chain of custody, which there wasn't. Right. And then it was also... Uh, not reported on the return sheets, which is your tally sheet for the in-person voting. And this was happening all over the county. And then later on, two days, you know, two days after the election, we then saw Jim Savage bringing in V-drives, which comes from the voting machine, okay, which actually is the ground truth for what happened on election day. No chain of custody, okay, no pedigree of where these things came from, and then he was plugging them into the tabulation machine and, you know, jacking up the vote. Well, the thing of it is that between those two days, okay, we had found out and knew that 47 V drives were missing. Mm-hmm. Not two, not four. 47 of them were missing. And, and they that's were all for scrambling. one county. That's for one Correct. county, this, right? Yeah. This is from 428 precincts. There was 47 probably a lot more that went missing and there was no chain of custody. That's a huge problem. That is a very, very big problem, especially when people are trying to tell us that it was the most safest and fairest election when there's no chain of custody to their election materials, which is required by law. Well, there's what's really important about that, right, is we're, we're focusing on one county in Pennsylvania Obviously, if you take that and you extrapolate it across the country, I mean, we have a major problem. Now, nobody's saying, okay, that, that happened every single place, but I think you guys have uncovered that there, there's a blueprint here that you've discovered that it not only is it for one county in Pennsylvania, but we've seen this across the country. Is that true? Yeah, they targeted, starting in 2016, after um, President Trump basically shocked the DNC and even the GOP, shocked Hillary. Uh, you know, she was in her purple regalia the night of the election and right. stomping her feet like Rumpelstiltskin by the end of the night. After that, uh, immediately the after that, yeah, they started working on this. And um, the Soros-backed PAC crafted um, legislation uh, 
that in many states uh, were became no excuse mail-in ballots. So they introduced legislation in 28 states, and specifically they targeted eight states, swing states, right. and then within those states they targeted 32 counties. So the counties, the people that listen to this and follow this news, they hear Delaware County, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, Detroit, right. Antrim County, Maricopa County, Pima County, Fulton County, DeKalb County. These were targeted counties because they could be controlled and they could put these uh, big counting centers in. So this is uh, with how they targeted us and why a lot of people, I think, don't understand or they say, well, I did, we didn't have any fraud here or they didn't see any fraud. And that's because we were specifically targeted. 32 counties changed the trajectory of 3,200 counties in the United States. I, I, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and, and you have the documented evidence and you guys have been fighting ever since Election Day to expose that, to get that out, go through the legal system. Tell, tell me a little bit more about what happened right after the election leading up to January 6th in 2021. Yeah, go ahead. So I'll, I'll, take, I'll, t I'll take this one. Yeah. So um, the Attorney General Josh Shapiro, who's now running for governor of Pennsylvania, sent special agents on November 17th, 2020 to our homes. Um, and that wasn't to investigate the, uh, the affidavits that we had filed or, uh, well, at that point, we're still private. But um, to investigate the, uh, you know, the accusations that we were making, they were there to intimidate and investigate us. So that was that was number one. Um, we had a very hard time uh, in December because our first case, which we filed as uh, under civil law, not election law, was dismissed within I think it was three weeks. And the Republican judge said that our filing was vexatious. We had unclean hands and that we didn't have a scintilla of evidence which is fascinating because we were denied discovery and we were denied an evidentiary hearing. So we were denied due process in a nutshell. Yeah. So if someone's gonna sit there and I just wanna let the, the, uh, the listeners know that due process involves the ability to uh, go into a court of law and to be able to confront your accusers, which we were not allowed to do as they're sitting there and using their bully pulpit uh, from public office to be able to call us liars and so on and so forth. Um, and you can't defend yourself. That, you're not allowed to. Correct. What, yeah. Correct. Uh, December 14th, I was an alternate elector uh, for Pennsylvania for President Trump. And uh, that's because I knew that there was fraud in my county. And mm -hmm. um, and uh, after that, it was, I mean, still to this day, they're coming after all the alternate electors. And then in January, uh, the FBI showed up to my front door, uh, left the card, and uh, they wanted to <laughs> they wanted to come after me for January 6th because uh, they had a false report filed from someone in the township next door saying that I was a domestic terrorist. And, uh, and so I had a lawyer that had to deal with that. And it's been, it's been nothing but, you know, name calling, gaslighting, yeah. uh, harassment, uh, so on and so forth. And, uh, and now they're doing it in the county council meetings. The, own, the county solicitor just as of last night was uh, calling us liars and talking about on county time, how uh, talking about the case that he's a defendant in. These are billable hours to the to the taxpayers, and he's talking about Greg and me and our book, and using the time uh, for his personal vendettas. So, it is so, what it is. So let me get this straight. You got you got the election. You got January six. Obviously, a lot of activity uh, leading mm -hmm. up to January six. But you're telling me it hasn't stopped. I mean, you're still under massive attack. 
I guess, especially with a book like this coming out. Absolutely. And then not to mention uh, the, the distributor at the time, Ingram, uh, well, still the distributor, um, they've since rectified the, the situation, but they had received a simple cease and desist letter, not from a lawyer, but from a person, and then actually stopped the distribution of our, of our book for 48 hours, which totally screwed everything up. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it has continued. My son's been a target. My family's been a target. Yeah. My businesses have been a target. Uh, we've lost significant time away from our families, uh, our livelihoods, uh, you know, and now we get called grifters. I mean, the, the whole thing is just it's all it's all gaslighting because they're guilty. Well, I started off by saying moral courage defines the two of you, and you can see that journey uh, that God has put you on. So it's, it's amazing to see it. And so I, I'd like to know, and we'll start with you, Greg, how has your life changed since that election? I mean, you know, I, again, we talked about the election going to January 6th up until today. H how has your life changed? This has devastated my life and um, changed uh, the trajectory of my life in ways that I not anticipate, to not want. Um, I'm a, I work hard to uh, be anonymous. I've worked hard to be anonymous, just a quiet, quiet citizen. And, um, and I value my anonymity and I just wanted to be left alone. When we started this, I thought, you know, we thought the Calvary was going to come. You know, we, yeah. we followed a trajectory. Leah and myself is just, uh, I'm going to say citizens doing their duty. Uh, we were called down. We went down to D.C. and we met with um, Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, uh, Phil Klein, their teams. We worked with them. We showed, told them what we saw. Um, we provided them everything we could. We contacted law enforcement, the U.S. attorney, um, the district attorney, the attorney general, uh, basically any law enforcement officer that would listen. We went to a GOP hearing in Gettysburg and um, we kept thinking, well, why isn't anyone listening? And we didn't get it. So it was part of our duty when we sat down, we said, well, we have to file a lawsuit only because no one else is doing anything. And we have a duty to do that. And we decided to do that. After that, that, that trajectory, we had armed thugs show up. At, at, they showed up at my house. Uh, special agents showed up at Leah's house from both the, the state attorney general and the FBI. I had state uh, special agents show up at my home. Um, we've been harassed. We've been um, vilified. I had uh, large customers. I had a you know computer sciences business, a data science business, and um, I had large customers that, that couldn't stay with me because they couldn't take the uh, the chance or the risk of being their own businesses getting backlash for association with me. So I lost a big part of my income. Um, I lost all my income actually, and I think that these are decisions Lee and I made along the way. That um, you know we both come from you know tough tough stock and tough backgrounds and and you know good families. And um, we saw that as a, as a continuing duty. So we laid out this two-year trajectory, and um, we expected to be here today. You know, we somewhat resigned to this fight, but my whole life has changed. I, the biggest thing in my life that changed was um, my second oldest son, who worked for me uh, in my business, which we lost, uh, took his life in um, February of 2021. And um, you know, I think the last thing he said to me, he called me a Nazi. 
for doing all this. And uh, that was his last words to me. And he died in my arms that, that night. Um, so it's especially offensive to me when I hear public officials and defendants who we have proof, uh, hard physical evidence. We have audio admissions, video admissions, documentation. Um, we have them clear cold in committing massive fraud. Um, it is especially galling when they say, oh, you're, you're grifting and we're, we're, we're doing this for profit. Uh, I never wanted to do this at all, quite frankly. And I did it because it was my duty to do it. And I think that, I think any other citizen would have done, I hope they would have done the same thing if they'd be in the same position and follow the same trajectory. I, I don't know. I think, you know, I don't know what to think anymore. So I'll, I'll turn it back and just say, you know, it's, de it's definitely devastated my life. Yeah, I mean, here you are doing the right thing, and you've you've given up and sacrificed everything, uh, even family, businesses, and um, I mean that that story is um, it's overwhelming, Greg. And um, again, we thank you for what you're doing. Um, it it, does, it hasn't gone unnoticed, and I know that you feel probably alone at times, but um, but but we we know what you're doing, and God knows what you're doing, and and we're we're grateful for what you're doing. So thank you, Leah. How about you? Um, so I, uh, I'm, I'm involved locally. So from the very jump, when I first got involved in politics, I was basically the female version of Donald Trump in my county. Um, and I started uh, doing things very proactively on social media and using it. It's, uh, it's like a love hate relationship that, that I have. Um, I think I'm on my 10th ban, uh, 30 day ban on Facebook. Uh, but luckily Greg has, uh, has created Patriot.online which is a social media ecosystem. Uh, we have our own cloud and coming up with a bunch of other things so that we can't be shut down. Um, but to, to say uh, devastated, um, yes. Um, first of all, Greg and I are, are a team and uh, you know what happens to him happens to me too and, and, and the same way. We're, we're, uh, we are like uh, <laughs> very, very close now. Um, so we're going through these, these traumas together. Um, and we're, we're blessed to, 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 to have that, that have that bond. Um, <clears throat> but to, uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I have people taking pictures out front of my home. Um, I've had the, you know, the local police here, um, I, obviously the FBI and state special agents. And, um, I, I, you know, I get to see online, uh, harassment, um, you know, calling me a traitor and, uh, an insurrectionist. And actually, if you go on the, uh, insurrectionist index, You'll see my name there uh, as an insurrectionist, which I just find fascinating. Um, you know, white supremacist. Uh, you know, my my son has been targeted at school by the administration because you know I've gone to school board meetings uh, about all of the uh, the shutdowns. I've done things locally. Yeah. So for two years, I mean, I you know this is this is what they do, and 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 what I do is I use humor a lot of the times, and I use I use Alinsky's yeah. rules against them. So I am not a reactive person. I'm a proactive person. Um, I'm a Krav Maga instructor, which is an Israeli yes. self-defense system. And we are taught to neutralize your, uh, your, um, your attacker and to neutralize the attack. So you have to be super aggressive. So I use humor and I'm very proactive. So I just call them out and I use their own words against them, um, which is what, what we've been doing uh, for, for two years now. And it's super, super effective. So 
they think I'm going to shut up and they, you know, they think that they can use every, every <laughs> weapon, every weapon they can, right? No, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That's right. So that's just where we are. Um, you know, I know I, I have faith. I have faith that what we're doing is, is, is good, is, is the good and the, and to be on the right side of, of history. So it's been devastating, but I know where, I know where this path leads. Well, you know, again, the, the theme, I feel like there's a theme here and it's that moral courage that both of you guys are exhibiting. Cause it's uh not, not everyone can do that, but God has prepared you for such a time as this. And it's, it's amazing to see this. And I'm, I'm personally, and I know many people are are very grateful for what you're doing and, and what you've been through is, um, is, is, is terrible, but, uh, no, it's for the right cause. So th thank you. So let me, let me shift gears a little bit. And, and, you know, the past is the past and, and it's important we learn from the past. So I'm not trying to push that to the side, but through all you've been through, you've learned a lot. What lessons can we take into the 20, into the midterms coming up? And then obviously into the 2024 when it comes to election integrity. Um, so I'll, I'll start. And the, the first thing is, is to have, um, <clears throat> is to have courage. And that doesn't mean not, you're not going to be fearful, uh, but to have fear and, and push through it anyway and continue to move forward. Um, <clears throat> to also be proactive and proactive. There's a lot of ways that you could be proactive, but it starts with the truth and it starts with uh, not complying uh, with, with the tyranny. Um, so when, it, when you're talking about uh, getting yourself involved in elections that starts with, you can become a poll watcher or you can become a poll worker, mm -hmm. uh, or you can get yourself involved in a, in a local Patriot group, um, to understand or be involved or however you want to do it, whatever, you know, whatever floats your boat, however you want to get involved, just get involved. <clears throat> but also understanding that when you're a poll watcher, um, there is a term that they've made up in, especially in Pennsylvania, and it's called an observer. Mm -hmm. And it's not recognized by the law. And because they've created the, uh, the counting centers uh, here in Delaware County and, and Philadelphia County and, and other counties, um, they've come up with this term observer. Now, an observer has no legal standing in a court okay. of law. A poll watcher is who has legal standing and can intervene if they, if they go to challenge something and they're representing their candidate. Mm -hmm. And the candidate is, is the harmed party if something goes awry. So first and foremost, understand that there's no such thing as an observer. Do not sign up to be an observer. Sign up to be a poll watcher or a poll worker. Uh, so you can start there. And, uh, and just being proactive and uh, using their, the enemy's words against them. And to, be, uh, and to just start talking to your neighbors. Don't listen to the yeah. news, the fake news. Um, because 80% of the people, uh, you know, they agree on 90% of the issues. And when I talk to my neighbors and when I talk to people, uh, off, off of, you know, Facebook and social media, I mean, people are very angry and disgusted and, and that's not just Republicans. That's independents. That's not mm -hmm. affiliated. That's Democrats. They're disgusted at what they're seeing. So we have to unify on, on that, on that level. Yeah. Election integrity is, is, is uniparty. I mean, that, that's, I mean, it's, sorry, I don't want to use the word uniparty. I know that means something very different. <laughs> I mean, it, it should affect everyone, whether Republican Correct. or Democrat, this is an issue we all need to be concerned with. So. Correct. Yeah. If Greg, what about you? Public. Uh, I take a more technical perspective on it. I think Leah uh, is absolutely on target on the aspects of uh, what we have to do for election integrity from a technical perspective. We know how they do the fraud, and this is one of the reasons we wrote the book, 
and we call it a blueprint for deception. Mm-hmm. Um, the parallelelection.com, you can buy the book and read it. And we give you a step-by-step instructions of how they did it. So what we can do as citizens immediately, because we only have 60 days until the November midterm, is we know that they use the V drives uh, to infuse votes uh, after the election day to come to the results they want. So from a cre- from an accountability standpoint, we need uh, an army of poll watchers. We already described the difference between a poll watcher and an observer. Yep. Uh, we have 250 polls in Delaware County. That's it. 428 precincts, 250 polls. If we had two to three poll watchers, and I don't care if they're Republican or Democrat, I just need them to be good citizens. If we have those poll watchers at those polling locations and they follow those V drives and they follow the paper tapes and they follow the return sheets and they follow the law, you know, the return sheets are supposed to be reconciled by 2 a.m. by the judge of elections and the people that are at the precinct. Make sure that happens. Make sure the V drive is marked and make sure that same V drive is the one that makes it over to the tabulation center in Delaware County. Okay, make sure that they're all counted and they're all accounted for. And if they're not, we find it right away. And then we specifically pay attention to how that vote's counted. This time, when they're going to use the big, uh, they call it a Blue Crest machine, yeah. which they have in all of the counting centers, which were bought by Zuckerberg money, CTCL money. Mm-hmm. This time, now that people know their rights as poll watchers, they, they can't be kept behind a barrier. They can intervene, not interfere, but intervene and say, I want to see those ballots that are going through right now, those mail-in ballots, mm-hmm. and I want to take a look at some of them. Or, you know, they can challenge every one of them if they want. Oh, too. So once they do that, we now have the two main elements of fraud that they've used, um, and we know that's how they do it. Uh, the other thing they can do from an electronic and data science perspective, and I recommend to people out there, is that the maybe very, very wary of um, Ethernet wires, things that are plugged into your computer, being Mm. plugged into any voting machines if they're not supposed to be. There's certain voting machines, there's different ones. There's Hardinger Civic, Dominion, ESNS. There's different configurations. So, you know, but don't be afraid to challenge it and ask and say, what's the configuration here? Is this supposed to be connected this way? Another thing I want to bring up to everyone's attention that we just recently found out is that one of the things that they've been doing is they've been using infrared. Okay, infrared is just like the how you t- turn your TV station. Right. And uh, they're not supposed to have infrared devices on any of these voting machines. They're one of the most insecure communication, communications protocols there right. are. But if you're in a poll and you see them using infrared devices, they can manipulate the vote with the infrared devices. They can manipulate the vote with fake mail-in ballots. They can manipulate the vote with fake B drives. They can manipulate the vote with Ethernet connections. Mm-hmm. And by just being vigilant on those things and the fact that the cheaters know we're going to be vigilant on those things, I think we can uh, have a very positive impact even though right. we only have 60 days left. Are you involved in poll, tra- uh, poll watcher training? Yeah. that's a We, we are scheduled to do that. And um, we would love to. We would love to train people. I think one of the things yeah. they could do is I. And I'm not just plugging the book, but I think if they read the book and they understand the, you know, the, the seriousness and the gravitas of being a poll watcher. You know, as a poll watcher, there's only two people who have standing 
to intervene for the citizenry. Number one, the candidate, because they're the harm, they're the harmed party in a lawsuit, in the site of the law. Mm-hmm. And even though the, the the Constitution permits all citizens to be have uh, uh, fair elections, as a body of law, you can't have 20 million people suing when they don't like the results. Mm-hmm. So what they've done is they only recognize certain certain uh, individuals and really poll watchers, certified poll watchers, not observers, as Leah said. Uh, they have a they take an oath. We we have sort of you know notarized uh, certificates. There's training that's involved, and we have standing to intervene, okay? And I think that those things, if we do those, I think they'll make a big difference in addition to what Leah mentioned in terms of, you know, going down to vote, having faith, uh, working with each other, and I'm going to say the qualitative aspects, what I just discussed was quantitative. Okay. Got it. Okay, no, that that's really helpful. And we definitely need you guys training people on that because that's, I know your experience is unbelievable. Uh, and I know you've documented it in the book, and I recommend that book for anyone, especially that wants to get involved in this. Uh, it, it's it's a it's a guide it's a guideline for you. Um, and look, I, I'll finish uh, the interview here with a quote from your book. Uh, I think it really sums up a lot of what you guys um, are, are saying and, and what you're doing and your determination. It says. We are determined to see voting integrity restored, no matter how long the battle. We owe it to our children. If that means prompting vigorous debates on the floor of Congress, if we can, we will. We will not stop. So I, I just I find that extremely encouraging. And I want to say I want to personally thank both of you for all that you've done, all that you've gone through, and then all that you continue to do for, for this country. And uh, I know for sure I'll be praying for you and, and the rest of, uh, rest of the country will as well. So thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you so God much. bless. Yeah, God, God bless. bless you guys. All right. Well, that's our show for today. And thank you so much for tuning in and supporting conservative media. And don't ever forget that by working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. Until next week, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without the liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe by texting First Right to 30161. That's First Right, all caps, one word, to 30161.